Hello and welcome to Fraud uh, Busting Neo Frauds podcast. It is the only podcast for female fraud professionals and their allies who want to stay on top of the fraud awareness spectrum in order to thrive professionally while maximizing their happiness and having the courage to create the life they love. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this uh, new exclusive episode of the Fraud Busting Podcast, Neo Frauds. Uh, today, we're discussing a truly interesting topic um, about a white collar crime uh, scheme. Uh, and uh, let me uh, introduce to you our special guest, Julie, um, who is an expert uh, in fraud prevention. Hi, Julie. Hi, hi, Olga. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, thank you. And thank you so much for making the time uh, to uh, participate in this um, truly interesting interview, in my opinion, today. Uh, all right. Um, before I ask you uh, my first question, I'd like to give you the floor uh, to say a couple words about yourself. Yes, uh, I have been working with fraud prevention for over 15 years, helping millions of Americans to basically to identify fraud, identify bad guys, um, and minimize the losses. So I worked with big corporations, um, American corporations and global corporations, um, and mainly focusing on money fraud. Um, and recently, uh, I'm also volunteering in the community. So interestingly enough, um, after talking to over 100 uh, people, um, I basically, I discovered um, a huge fraud uh, that happens and it has been very, very carefully basically hidden from the press. And we are going to talk about why it happened because it serves, basically it brings billions of dollars we are talking about over 50 billions of dollars um of fraud and we will talk about this um later uh thank you so much julia for this truly interesting uh introduction that all sounds super cool to me and i hope that our listeners and our audiences will enjoy learning more um and having said that um in my understanding this can be uh, called uh, something like not so happily after <laughs> um type of scheme and um could you could you please tell us a little bit um more about the specifics of the scheme and what is it exactly all about? Okay, sure. So uh, as we know, when we are very young, uh, we love to get um, married, right? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, as we get, um, as time passes, over 50% of marriages, they end up in separation or divorce. This is unfortunate statistics. But if we are talking about life, 
who stays at the same job over a few years, right? Usually you change your job. Mm -hmm. So it's normal situation when you are married. Sometimes you find out maybe this is not the right person. Um, and uh, the official statistics, it's 50%. Unofficial statistics, it's over 80% of marriages. Basically, they fall apart. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about a scam in the United States and a very similar scam out of the United States, mm -hmm. but mostly it happens in America, that's linked to divorces. Mm -hmm. Wow, uh, that's uh, really uh, interesting. Um, would you like uh, to outline a little bit uh, how it all works or who are the people that might be affected uh, and uh, become potential victims? Okay, sure. The victims are a people, mainly the middle class. So there are people, if you are working in technology company or you are working as a medical personnel, like a doctor or a nurse, or you're an executive or you're entrepreneur. So usually if you're working mainly on W-2, right, and have steady income and have for, in, for instance, if you're a middle-class family and you have a house that worth a few hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars, if you're in California, your house can worth $2 million. You have stocks, RSUs, pension. You might have some investment properties in Texas, Florida, or you have some savings, right? You have savings for your children. So you have assets. So what happens is here is the fraud mm -hmm. when unfortunately you're coming to divorce the good families and especially not only the parents but the problem is that the children are becoming the main victims of divorce fraud scheme mm -hmm. i want to tell not every divorce attorney is a scam. It's just like a dentist, right? We yeah. have very good <laughs> dentists, right? But sometimes we can come to the dentist and they will say, oh my goodness, you have to replace the entire, like the entire mouth and it will cost you $50,000. But if you go to another dentist, they will say, no, not necessarily. If you uh, do good hygiene um, and maintain, uh, maybe it could be a few thousands of dollars. So it's different, right? So in divorce, the fraud is that when the family comes to divorce attorneys or unethical, I'm talking about unethical specialists, mm -hmm. first of all, they're focusing on the assets that family has. And there, the end game is that the family is getting bankrupt. They are losing their homes, savings, and often people losing their lives, their suicide, the victims um, of uh, unethical divorce attorney um, end up as like suicidal, drugs, alcohol. And I see that this is a problem that basically relevant to the entire society because you don't want to be treated by a doctor who just went through uh, such a thing or such a teacher. When you go to your school, you do have such a kids who fell, whose family fell victims. So all the teacher's attention and all the infrastructure 
are going to spend a lot of money and resources for such cases that basically caused by unethical people. Mm -hmm. So it's indirectly affects everyone, everyone, right. even if you feel that you are not affected, it is affects across the board. So uh, basically, when the family uh, comes to divorce, um, some divorce attorneys, there are several, it's a very big, basically, scam. So there are different ways. The first problem is fictitious restraining order. Someone is coming and says, my husband or my wife is abuser, and they lie, and the system works the way that the first thing they do, they they basically isolate a parent a good parent from children mm -hmm. and to be back and to reclaim back the custody. So they strip the custody from good uh, parents. And it takes what I want to say is hundreds of thousands of dollars. The custody evaluation could, could cost $25,000. The attorney one hour cost from 450 to $700. And um, when even a good parent tries to restore the custody, they have been given custody evaluator, parenting coordinator, each child has minor counsel, another $500 per hour. And then uh, they there are some experts, right? Even if you did nothing wrong, to recover from such a scam takes a lot, a lot of money. And there is no insurance against that. I'm going to talk about sometimes, so there are two types. There could be a real domestic abuse. And usually the system is not working properly when there is a real domestic abuse. So the system should work and respond and protect the victim of abuse in the right way. But unfortunately, what happens is that system is not working when you really need it. And system is working very well when you don't need it. So some wealthy people, they just go and hire unethical attorneys. And unethical attorneys, they file fake restraining orders. It's also called protective orders, depends on the state. So it can happen mainly in Silicon Valley, in Orange County, in South California, in LA, where the money are, in New York, in Florida, in Pennsylvania, so in other states. So we get reports from all over the United States and people tell the same stories. They say, oh, someone called the police, my wife or my husband called the police, said the lie that I attacked her and it's never happened. And I was taken into the jail for two days and I was kicked out of the house. So there are a lot of cases that basically the reason, the real reason for that is um, having the sole possession on the house. So when one person makes fake requests, the other person has been kicked out of the house. What the person who perpetrator, they don't know that basically no attorneys tell them that both the person who files fake restraining order and the person who is suffering, they both are going to pay a lot, a lot of money. I'm talking about hundreds thousand of dollars, 500,000 of dollars, 2.5 million dollars. But at the beginning, the attorney tell 
oh, pay me $5,000 retainer. But the retainer, it's just the beginning. And nobody tells how much money will end up being spent in the divorce. So often what happens that both attorneys from both sides, they even don't talk, but they collude. They don't say anything, but often there, there is more inflicted conflict uh, between attorneys. They just put more fuel. So the couple, instead of doing, I'm going to talk about what could be done as um, to prevent it, but instead of settling, instead of settlement, meet and confer, negotiation, the attorneys would increase their billable hours, inflict more conflict. Sometimes they would offer some, some private judges. Some private judges would resolve your case very fast, but some private judges would make it very, very long, lengthy, and with the most expenses. So the fraud here is, the fraud here is that some attorneys will say, we will do full representations, but people don't know that you can do limited scope representation or only buy consultancy from the attorney. You can buy the hours and pay per hour for consultancy or also find paralegal and paralegal firm. Usually you don't have standalone paralegals because, because attorneys, judges, they kind of created the immunity. So when we try to um to ask people whether they filed um some complaints and everything a lot of people they say yes we filed complaints but it's pretty much impossible because of the immunity the the judges have immunity the attorneys have it's called litigation privilege or they have uh, it's called attorney client privilege so right, right. Mm -hmm. it's very hard to go back and to kind of to reveal it, right? Mm -hmm. So how to prevent this kind of scam or this crime? It's first to know and to be aware. The second, to know that there are three types of representation, that it's full, full scope representation. So attorney can do on your behalf whatever they want, pretty much, including necessary and unnecessary things. There is a second type, limited scope representation, that you can hire attorney only for a certain matter. And the third type is consultancy. So you pay only by the hour and can you you can talk to any attorney you want. Um, so the, these are the things, okay? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Julia, for this overview. It sounds definitely cool uh, and, of course, not so cool for the victims. Uh, and most of all, I'd like to say thank you for the advice provided to the public on how to prevent themselves for uh, you know, from such um, a scheme, uh, I would say don't get divorced. <laughs> uh, so um, this is <laughs> this is sometimes divorce. It's a good uh, basically sometimes divorce is um, yes. I would say the same thing. Ninety five percent of the family problems could be resolved. So what 
if you or your friends or your dear ones are in the situation, right? There are multiple situations. So first of all, if you see that there are problems, what, what you can do about it? So first, going to consulting, right? Counselors. So sometimes the problem is communication. Mm-hmm. So 95% of divorces can be avoided. Mm-hmm. By going to couple therapy, by there is Imago principle. So there are a few things, right? Mm-hmm. Imago principle, how to communicate amicably, how to reflect what your spouse said. It would be helpful. Another one, it's Love Lab in Seattle, like the Gottman Institute. So there are a lot of books, how to repair and resolve your marriage. So 95% of marriages can be resolved. But... um. What if it did not happen? So most of the marriages end up amicably. It's like, think about family as a corporation. Mm-hmm. You have a business and you need to kind of separate wife and husband. You have to separate the assets, the bank accounts to decide about the children, about where to live. It's not so easy. So again, the best way is to negotiate And there is the way of mediation. What I really hope that in the future, some type of chat GPT, you insert your name, you insert your social security, it spits up the marital separation agreement that you agree and you're done. Today, the divorce takes something about like an average, like six months if it's not contested. But some people spend three, four, 10 years for divorce and millions of dollars. So there is nothing to divide. And the kids are the main main victims of this thing. So first of things is think about the kids' well-being. And there are mediators that every couple, they say, okay, that's what I have. And that's what I, and that's what I propose. And it's important to know your, your rights. Like, consultancy with attorney about what is the baseline what are my rights it's very helpful right however in divorce there is never situation that everyone is happy so it's give and take right so everyone needs to compromise but there is a special way of divorce when there is a divorce versus narcissists, psychopaths, or people who are really abusive. So that's where it becomes very, very complex. And that's where psychopaths or narcissists, they hire unethical attorneys. And that's where it gets really, really bad. So what do you do not to have it? So first of all, every year when you file your taxes, download all bank accounts. So there is a term called fiduciary duty. People, when they're married, they have a duty to be transparent about finances to each other. For instance, if I'm working, but my spouse is not working and working on the side makes in investments and hides it, this is not okay. If I'm healthy and I can work, I'm mother, I studied, but I 
I just go take money and do something on the side with that, or I have some side gigs or I do something, this is not okay as well. So transparency in finances, it's very important. And the biggest problem that people fall into, they don't have, they say, oh, my wife or my husband filed taxes. I have no idea what we had. Another problem is when you feel that your spouse has LLC with mother, father, and then they hide their income or they put and divert it this to the side so what happens that people start during the divorce they hide their income they don't bring the papers and then it's very hard to tell how much your husband or wife has or people have their own bank accounts by law in some states there are community law states separate property and community property states it depends but uh having accurately documented finances, finances, it's very, very important. People really fall into it because they say, I don't know. Oh, I bought the house and the down payment came from my mom, but I don't have paperwork that says that my mom gave it to me. Or there are tons of situation where people just don't have their historicals. Very important to keep your historicals. Number one, keep documentation. Second, when you file the taxes, keep the taxes, right? Know your finances where they are. The third thing, relationships. Do not say bad things about your spouse to the children. Do not disparage your spouse to your to the children. Say your mom or your dad really loves you. Yes, we go through divorce and there are a lot of books how to talk with children about it. Not to argue in front of children. And in some quiet, in some point, when there is a violence, violence, it's not only physical violence, it could be financial abuse, uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. So there are a lot of forms of abuse. It's very important to confidentially report to the doctor, confidentially report to the hotline of domestic violence confidentially report to police if god forbid you're a woman and you have been um unwantedly having sexual relationships just go right away do not wait go to um there is a special police unit um and talk to them and they will send you to kind of medical checkup please don't wait so um also there are some um cps so in some uh points child protective services they do not protect the good parents some parents they're coming to look for justice but they got opposite we have a lot of cases where good mother good father they called child protective services but they were arrested the opposite happened so what to do in these cases like are you allowed to record things so in some states you're not to allowed to allow to record uh, things without consent of other person however there are some overrides for the uh, for the law so if you feel that the other person really abuses you it is allowed in some when when you do recording 
on your iWatch, on your cell phone, on security cameras. It is allowed uh, when it's um, the matter of your personal safety. So sometimes it may or may not be admitted as evidence. However, it's always good to be on the safe side and uh, very accurately and very um, confidentially record things and not to wait. So there were some cases where victims of abuse, they were hesitating um, to complain about the second partner, right? So all these cases ended up in, um, um, so the best, the best advice is do not wait. And a lot of people, they say, oh, poor, if I will complain, my wife or my husband, it will be bad for them or it does not look good. So usually people who did not complain on time or first suffered the most. So usually there is, um, there is DARVO. DARVO, if you Google this, D-A-R-V-O. So it stands when the real abuser places it as a victim. And they say, basically, when they're abusers, they say that they are victims. And the good person is treated as a criminal. So not in all the cases, but we have a lot. So how to protect yourself? Just never wait. Hold the hotline. Write the time and then the, the time when you talk to someone. And uh, start very quietly collecting your documents, the passports, the, the, the bank accounts, and uh, consulting if very quietly. Do not say your spouse in case of conflict, do not open your cards. Do not say about your plans because this is a very common mistake. Then people say, oh, you owe me that much or if you do this. So don't threaten. Don't do ultimatums. Don't extort, right? So don't write anything that can be used. Potentially, your every text or every email can be used against. So be very, very careful. And overall, how to prevent scam when you're talking to attorney, start to make a research in the court or online about the same attorney. Is this attorney litigative? Or are they most likely to settle your matter? What was the length? How many months did it take for other cases to settle? How much money? Of course, the attorneys are not going to tell you that. But if you can find out about the judge, about the attorneys, about other cases, what happened? So there were some cases where the children were taken from parents who are educators, but it was done for money. So what I am trying to deliver the message that there is a scam, like when we are talking about IRS scam, everyone in America has to know that IRS is not calling to the people. So that's what you have to know. In divorce scam, you have to know that even there are a lot of unethical attorneys that end up just um, dissipating the entire family assets. So agree as much as you can, be done as soon as you can, get to agreement, get out of this, use professional mediators. If it's possible, avoid the family courts 
as much as you can. So I wish good luck to everyone. And I wish that everyone who is listening to this uh, podcast uh, will be very aware and uh, will help to their dear ones. And uh, of course, uh, live a happily life. Yes, it happens, but there is a very good life even after divorce. And the the uh, basically paradigm is just to get out of this, to start a new life, to protect assets as much as possible, to agree with the spouse and to do the best for your children. Thank you so much, Julia, for this very insightful um, interview uh, and response. And thanks everyone uh, for listening today. Uh, stay healthy and healthy and happy. Bye bye.